Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. You're about to go on a journey of empathy, understanding and transformation. Get ready to dive into the heart of humanity's most pressing questions with me, Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy and guests. It's time to turn up the volume on kindness and to amplify the voices of minorities that often go unheard. This podcast asks questions like, how can we create workplaces where ethnic minorities thrive without the chains of career stagnation? What if universities were safe havens for all, free from the storm of microaggressions? And how can we bridge the gaps between cultures that have been divided by the walls of bias and ignorance? This is not just a podcast. This is a revolution of empathy. Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. Get ready to explore, learn and change the world one compassionate conversation at a time. Hi everyone, I am Tonya Daly-Campbell. I'm a writer, director, actor and all-round creative and I am here to have a lovely chat with Rebecca Hemmings on Strawberry Words. Yay! <laughs> oh, <Yay>. jingle! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to, um, yeah, kick off with your vibrant, energetic voice. We always know that whenever we hear from Tonya, that it's, it's going to be vibes, it's going to be lovely. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for um, joining me. And this is something that we've arranged quite last minute because I saw online this play called Wanted. Wanted. <laughs> yes. yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is something that our listeners need to hear need to hear about now and I'll tell I'll tell the listeners why so it's because as you know this is the compassionate cultures podcast right and so one of the ways in which you become compassionate or you can become compassionate to any sort of cause is by learning about the histories the context the backgrounds of marginalized people and I think you know this particular play covers the intersect section particularly of um, race and gender it might do more I don't know we'll find out as we talk but I thought it was just a per- it was a perfect opportunity to find out about particular communities and particular women that that led the way. Okay, so um, firstly, you're you are a director, right? A theatre director. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm many things to different people, <laughs> but um, it, it's yeah, I am a I'm an actor, writer, director. Um, at the moment, um, I'm doing a lot of directing for theatre, so theatre director. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in regards to the project Wanted, in which you want to talk to me about, I am one of the writers and I am the director of the play. Amazing, amazing. And that's happening through Gazebo Theatre Company? Gazebo Theatre are the producers um, and they. Uh, I'm an associate director for Gazebo mm-hmm. Theatre. Mm-hmm. So I work with them on different projects. Um, but I'm freelance um, mm-hmm. working with them in that respect. Yeah. So again, I'm trying to just get a bit of background, kind of paint the picture. So what's Gazebo about and why would they want to put on a production like this? Wow, good question. So Gazebo are um, traditionally, they've been going for, I think it must have been 41 or 42 years now. 44, I, mean, I think I read on the website. Oh my gosh, it's 44 <laughs> already. That is crazy. Sorry, yes. Sorry, Gazebo. 44 years. Yes, good with the research. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so they've been going a long time and they are traditionally, they started out as a TIE Yes. Company, which is a theatre and education company. Yes. And, um, and, 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 and what's happened is they've kind of, over the 44 years, they've also branched out and done many other things. So they have got a touring theatre arm where they mm. produce their own shows and they, mm. they take them out on tour right. um, um, with professional actors, um, you know, all, all professional crew and they go out. Um, but they still, at their heart of Gazebo mm. is about education yes. through entertainment. Yes. Um, so, you know, that's that's the heart of them. So if it's not, um, with, if it's not performing in schools, it'll yes. be in theatres. But yes. it always has an educational side to it. And, and I know that because I, um, I remember when I was at university studying um, performing arts, it was the H&D in performing arts at the time, which led on to the, the degree. But there was somebody on my course, an Alison, who was working for Gazebo Theatre at the time. And that was like 25, 26 years ago, oh. a long time ago. So I know Gazebo has, you know, its roots are in theatre and education. It's yeah. And it's quite, is it Coventry based? Uh, Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton. Oh gosh, I don't know. I got that wrong. Okay. okay. Wolverhampton base. Yes. So, okay. Um, so why this play and why now? Why were you asked to write this particular play right now? And then I'll ask you about what it's about. Oh, that's really interesting. And when you say why now, it's 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 a funny story because it originally wasn't going to be now. Mm. What had happened is this um there was three um three uh, female creative, so myself, Therese Collins, and Pamela Cole Hudson. So the three of us are creatives in our own right. And Pamela, she's the artistic director of Gazebo. Um, Therese, she is a director, writer, and actor. And like myself, I just explained, you know, what I do. And as as we've worked together in on on, on different projects, and then and for for different reasons, but this time round, we we said. Do you know would be really good if we if we committed to each other to actually put something on together, mm. um, as in write something together, mm-hmm. and 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 um and, and just tell these tell stories of of, of hidden women. This is mm. all of us. Are, all of us are very passionate about storytelling um, mm. and telling stories of of well hidden stories. Yes, and and all of us are really passionate and we love telling stories about women mm-hmm. um so it started off with, as a bit of a passion project where we then went off and we went and looked for different women that we would be interested to write about mm-hmm. that's how it started off um and then it kind of grew a little bit more because we introduced we we, we went off and found different people but i found it difficult at first if i'm going to be honest because all of these all of the i i i would I was looking for a black female mm-hmm. because I'm black. So I'm thinking I want to write something that represents me and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the diaspora of where I'm from and a lot of my, you know, the people my family are from. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking, Rebecca, what was difficult is that I was always led to pioneers or, you know, uh, you know, these. Harriet ladies. Tubman. Yeah, I was, they were always yep. in America. Um... Yes, Mary Seacole, uh, Jamaican, but yeah, yeah the Jamaican. same, yeah. But, um, uh, Mary Seacole, I've already written about Mary, mm. so and so I knew I didn't want to explore Mary in that mm. way mm. because I, I've, I'd, 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 I'd done, I'd, I'd played Mary Seacole, mm. so I was looking for someone different, 
Um, but they were all American. And I, I, I came across um, um, Athena Shakur, which is um, Tupac's mom. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, I loved, I loved her, you know, she's part of the Black Panther movement. And, yeah, and I was like, oh, gosh, it's, she's American. Yeah, American. And, 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 and it wasn't that I didn't want to do about American, but I just want to highlight those hidden stories that are from the UK as well, because I wanted it to be similar to my voice as well. And isn't that so important? I think that's a really key point just to kind of um, paint the picture of, because I think often people will compare the Black English experience with the Black American experience, not realizing that yes, there are similarities, but they're two completely different identities with yes. different histories, different sets of values, if you like, you know, just a different way of, of living, yeah. Um, and, and so to a, a British born uh, black person, you find there's less of a connection to the Americans because they're American. <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not like me. And that's no, obviously no disrespect to the Americans. It's just, it's different. It is different. And the, 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 the weird thing for us is that growing up, and you're probably similar to me, growing up, we watched a lot of American yes. movies. And yes. so we, we're connected to the the African-American stories, but they're not our stories. And that's no. the difference. So Can we, I just say, sorry, yeah. sorry, because it just reminded me, I, I used to rap a lot. And I never rapped, you know, I'm talking about when I was a teenager, right? But I never rapped in an English accent. It was okay. always an American accent because that's what I was used to hearing. And I actually became ashamed of my own accent because I wasn't used to hearing it. And that's the kind of, I think that's the kind of kind of um, cognitive dissonance that you have when you're not fed your own history. Oh, my goodness. A hundred percent. And I'm an advocate for all voices from all places. Um, I'm proud of my black country accent. Mm. Um, and I, I I will go for it, love. You know, when I'm ready, I'll, <laughs> I'll really push it because I'm proud on it. You know what I, I mean? I understand you. It's all right. My, my dad's got a black country accent. <laughs> yeah, very proud on it. But um, equally, you know, I, I can dip in and, in and out of different ones because, you know, I'm, my, my background is is Jamaican so sometimes right. I will be and sometimes I will come out <laughs> so you know that's the heritage that I that I grew up with so going back to wanted we all went away we looked for characters and uh, for look for people to write about and then I really struggled like I said and then I stumbled across this young woman called Olive Morris who was part of the black Panther movement in yes. the UK. UK. We yeah. don't talk about that movement. We, we we talk about it like it's just America. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there wasn't enough information about her. Right. There wasn't. I, yeah. I was like, I am shining a light on her if it's the last thing I do. And I'm so glad you did because as part of the research for this, and I hold my hands up, I hadn't heard about her. I, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, read through and I was like, oh my gosh. How come I didn't know this, you know, this of this name of the names never, you know, it didn't ring any bells, you know, um, again, we've, I've done a lot of research around Black Panthers, but again, I didn't really know so much about the UK base. So, yeah, so tell, tell us more about Olive. 
hey, I know you're enjoying the podcast episode, but I just want to quickly come in and say, look, if you're an organization that needs anti-racism training for your organization because your staff are lacking in a racial literacy, they don't have the words, they get stuck when talking about racism, they're, they want to be able to deal with incidents, but they're not sure how to, then check out our Time to Talk About Race online CPD accredited course at strawberrywords.co.uk. Okay, we can train from 10 to 10,000. But get in touch today at admin at strawberrywords.co.uk. Now back to the episode. No, yeah. So, um, Olive Morris, one, why I got connected to her is she had that, she was, she had that political element to her, but she was young. Rebecca, mm. she was young and she, she um, she's, uh, her background is Jamaican. So she was born mm. in Jamaica and then came over when she was young. Um, and so when you looked, say young, approximately. She looked, yeah. She was around nine. Um, okay seven, eight, nine years old, around that age. Mm. Um, and when she came over, she um, she was sent, for, she was living with her, her parents and then her parents came first and then they sent for her. So she was with her grandparents mm. for a little bit mm. and then came over. Um, and she, she lived in Brixton. Mm. So she was well, you know, well known in Brixton. And what I loved about Olive is that she, it was like, it wasn't like she was trying to be an activist, like probably majority of us. Mm. I I never tried to be an activist. It just so happens that a lot of the work that I do push me into these corners where I have to stand up for my right or mm. I have to step stand in the gap for other people that look like me. You know, right. um, right. you know, being part of um the union equity, mm. you know, the actors union. I've had to step up. Yes. To the, to the to the plate with that. Yes. It's not that you want to necessarily be an activist. It's just that you end up doing that because you don't want to see injustice. And yeah. that was Molly Morris. It's that yeah. what spoke to me. She yeah. she did. Uh, what happened is, um, what the information we've got of her is that she was she was at the records a record store mm. in um in Brixton mm. and Desmond's record store okay. listen to music and like I remember that culture when I was growing up I used to go to the record store listen to the music I couldn't afford to pay yeah. for the music at first and I'd be listening I said play this tune enough of us wow. people used to hang out in these record stores okay but anyway um and she saw an altercation with a, a black uh, a black man he was a Nigerian diplomat right. he was driving a, a, like a, quite an expensive car he was oh. a diplomat and the police were trying to bully him up and everybody a crowd in you know a crowd gathered around him people were like what's going on and Olive Morris stood stood up and was, came out and she was like What's why are you treating him like that? Look, he, he you know, he's not doing anything. What, mm. what, just because he's a black man, you know, mm. she was standing mm. up for herself. Mm. I mean, for for the for the gentleman, mm. she was only seventeen at the time. Wow. Yeah, and then she got brutalized by the police. Oh she gosh. then got arrested. It was it was bad, and then that's what made her go like, Do you know what? Listen, she she then became part of the young Black Panther movement, mm. um, and. Black Power Movement in the UK. And then she also was instrumental in helping women, mm. a lot a, a, um, a lot of um, squatters. So she supported the squatters' rights yes. movement. Yes. People who were homeless, loads of people who came over. There was just houses sitting there empty. People yes. were homeless. So we people used to have to squat a lot back yes. in those days. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she wow. was just so interesting to me. Yeah. But what was really sad 
is that you know she died really young she was uh, she was only 27 and oh, wow. she passed um she passed you know she found out she had um cancer she had a uh, um sorry a type of oh lymphedema or not lymphedema Oh, I'm gonna forget um, now. But you... my 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 perimenopausal brain is mine too. Mine too. Oh, sorry about that. But when it comes back to but me, it's a type of cancer. Um, yes, lymph, cancer of the yeah, blood. Lymphoma. Lymphoma. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she died in in from what I saw, uh, 1979. So you know, it's quite a while ago, but not that long ago for us to be forgetting or not knowing who she was. And I suppose just like a lot of our history you know I guess that it's deemed difficult to some and so perhaps and also the fact actually I'll ask you why do you think we, we haven't heard much about her I think that the, the thing that I love about her is probably the thing why we don't hear much about her or we didn't hear we are starting to hear more about her now is because she was an ordinary person just like me and you fighting for something um, fighting for what's for what for 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 justice mm -hmm. for truth and justice mm -hmm. she was on the marches with dark as how and all them and all mm -hmm. them she was part of the um so there was a there was a tv show called small acts and they actually featured olive morris within that's within one of the stories mm -hmm. of the police when the, the police brutality mm -hmm. um happened when they all had to go to court all of all of that so um i think it was called the mangrove seven Yes, yes. So the the Olive was just an ordinary but extraordinary woman. That's right. how I see it. Okay. And, and also I, the women in this play wanted all of them would see themselves as just ordinary women that did extraordinary things in their time. So briefly, thank you. And thank you for that really detailed explanation of who Olive Morris was. But like you say, there are other women within this play. We don't have loads of time to talk about all of them, but can you give us some insight into who some of those other women are? Yeah, I'll just give you a little brief. So you've got Poulan Devi and she, um, she was deemed... Um, dubbed the bandit queen mm -hmm. um, basically she had a horrific childhood where she was um, captured she was taken as a child to be a child bride mm -hmm. um, from in India mm -hmm. she's from she's Indian and um, she was then um, then she, she was then um, all sorts of things happened to Poulan yeah. but she rose up with the bandits right. she rose up and actually became the queen of those same bandits and she went out and was basically tried to fight for truth and justice as well right i mean it's, there's a lot to pack into the, the, the there's so much about these these women so i'm just going to give you a little yes of course here. yes um um dr james barry was born margaret right um, yeah and she because of the time that she was born in the 1800s Basically, at that time, women couldn't train as a medical, um, as a doctor, oh, wow. train medicine as a doctor. Wow. But because of that, her family hatched a plan to dress her as a man, as a boy, and send her wow. to med medical school. Because yes. her father, even though they come from wealth, yes. they lost the their father, squandered all the money, right. and left them destitute. So the, the, the mother and the uncle, they hatched a plan. So she took her 
uncle's name yes and went because she was quite bright and then she lived her whole life oh as a man and she became a high she she was working oh gosh she was a, a, a top physician wow and she also was one of the first um to do a successful cesarean where the mother and child stayed alive right wow yeah. but she but she wasn't credited with that until later because what had happened is when she died yes they, they found out when they found that she was a, uh, a woman and so uh, they didn't want people to know oh yeah exactly so she didn't get credited at the time and all the all the everything just gets is now being uncovered history yes. now telling we're telling the truth you know what's going through my mind and again i know we don't want to spend too long on this but what's going through my mind is the amount of angst that must have caused for her not to be able to live her in her true identity that must have been so difficult exactly but also how well she might have taken on that new that that new identity i think she she kind of like went with that i think if you think about it she might have just just had to just relinquished to that and was like i'm I'm good with this mm. we don't know it's interesting but we as creators we had to make decisions on yes on certain things so we've gone with you know what we think yeah um, yeah but, so let's let's talk about the production now then so well, um should i give you the ahead. other just quick go ahead go ahead yes yes yes, so yes you've got pull on Devi, you've got olive morris you've got dr james barry stroke margaret um and then you've got um you, you've you've also got um um Irena Sendler who who basically she was Polish and mm. she just helped rescue a lot of children like two thousand five hundred children yeah. um at a time when uh, when the Nazi regime was on and she helped to rescue them smuggled them um it out um but she she was able to do that because she because she wasn't um because she wasn't a Jew, but she was right. on the side of the Jews, helping the Jews. Right. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So I won't, yes. I won't go into that too much because yes. that's yes. a lot. And yes. then the last character is Leonie, uh, Leonie Lewis, and she is our fictional character. She represents young people today. Mm. Um, yeah, she represents young people today. She's someone who wants to kind of do something in society now, but mm. struggles with anxiety, struggles with being isolated, feeling isolated, and the way that this play works, so this segues nice into your next question. Mm. The way this play works is that Leonie Lewis, not Lewis, Lewis, sorry, that's the singer. <laughs> Leonie Lawrence, mm. she is at university living in her granddad's house mm. with a um, caring for her granddad. And she is writing a dissertation yeah. and she decided to write about these women and ah, that's why their stories come right. to life okay fantastic i mean there's loads of that I, I, you know it sounds like you could create an hour's play on each one of those stories at least but how long is the production so the production is about two and a half hours okay. obviously there's an interval in that so it's yes. a full-length play yeah. yeah and and how would you describe the style of the play it's um, the style is it's focused in on Leone's thoughts and her mind and her, her her dissertation, but we we find out the key. We find out some key moments of each of these women's lives mm. inter intertwined with the reality of mm. where Leone is in mm. her life right now. Ah, it's quite a lot. There's lots of layers. 
Yes. Yeah. It's, it's quite, it's uh, quite stylized. Yes. So it's not naturalistic. It's quite stylized oh. because we're set in her bedroom and these women are in her bedroom. They appear. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Then that takes me back again to my, my younger days. Yeah. Fantastic. And so is, is this, I know, I, again, I was looking through the website and I can see that it, it's something that's going on tour soon. Yes, so it's already been on tour. Ah. Um, so originally when this was written, um, we wrote this before the pandemic. And then when we went to put it on stage in, in 2020, the pandemic hit. And just before, uh, you know, we heard, you know, the announcement, everybody needs to not go to the theatres. We mm. was already at the theatre. Mm. Anyway, so 2020 meant that we couldn't do it. Then yeah. we streamed it. So it was a version of it, but it wasn't the real version. Mm. And then, so this is now the time that we are able to put it on. So That's last exciting. year in October, we yeah. had a few dates then. Yes. And now um, March, we got, yes. we got more dates because it's it's getting, it's popular. It's getting booked up. It's Bad. Yeah. Fantastic. So um, tell us, because I've got to bring this to a close, unfortunately. Yes. Um, where can people see the show or where can people go to find out where they can see the show? Oh, my gosh. They, 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 we, have, we do have a website for Gazebo. I don't I, know whether you're able to. I did have a look. Way. I looked at the Wanted website, which is, I mean, and we'll put this in the description in the show mm -hmm. notes. So um, it's Gazebo Theatre Wanted yes. uh, dot com. But I think what I did is I to get that website, I, I went onto Instagram and I went onto the Gazebo Theatre UK's uh, page and I found the information there. But like I said, if you're listening to the show, whether you're listening on Spotify, via our website, um, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you're listening to, just look at the, to, to it, sorry, look at the show notes and you'll be able to see um, all, of, all the information about the show. And I think also we can't, you know, leave and not mention the wonderful actors, actresses. Tell us about those wonderful oh people. My gosh, yeah, they're brilliant. So we've got um we've got Lexi um uh, Macintosh, Alexia, Alexi Mac we call Alexi, Lexi Macintosh, who's mm. playing Olive Morris. Mm. We have Dawn Butler who's playing Dr. James Barry. We have Rukmini who is playing um Pulan Devi. Oh. We have um Pablo Cole Hudson is playing Irina, and we have um, April Hudson who's playing Leone. Is that five? Is that yeah, five? that's fine. Well done, oh. you did it. You did it. My, my brain, my brain, my brain. Fantastic, Oliver. Oh, this has been so. Oh, I know. Oh, I, sorry, just to say, Olive Morris that she she did pass away with non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Oh, yeah, that's what that's she. The yeah. One. Okay, in 1979. Yeah, thank you for remembering that. Yeah, okay, so yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, you, you go on. No, no, I was just going to say, I wanted to just say that because there's a lot of, um, as you know, um, Rebecca, there's a lot of people in my life that have, you know, um, a, a survivors, a, yes. a, a champions, yes. um, and have kicked the big C to the curb. Yeah. So in honour of the wonderful Olive Morris, um, please come and watch and 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 see her story unfold unfold along with these other great women they're ordinary women with extraordinary stories and um just want to say that because we've just um celebrated um cancer awareness day i think it was yesterday was it um, i don't know yeah so for the for listeners who are listening because i've not spoken about this but i'm okay it's okay uh, so i am a cancer survivor hence the reason why um we're having i guess part of this conversation but i don't know i don't know it's the honest truth if it was yeah, yeah. i think it's something came up but i was just saying um 
that she she's a, she didn't survive, unfortunately, mm-hmm. hers. But a lot there's a lot of people that I know mm-hmm. that have survived. So I just yes. want to pick them up and just say, you know, you know, just keep, you know, we 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 love you and yeah. we, we're happy to see ya. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't even go into that, no. but I, he- I hear you. I hear you. Um, and I just want to remind the listeners why this episode, because it's a bit different to the ones we normally do. Sometimes it's just about the learning and sometimes it's just about, you know, giving advice uh, or quizzes or whatever. But this is on a theatre production. And for those who have been listening for a while, you know that theatre is my background. So it's, you know, it's my love. Um, but I just go back to when you want to learn. You know, one of the biggest, the best ways to undo your unconscious biases is to get to know different types types of people from different types of communities and this is one of the ways of doing that it's not happening on a personal level but it's happening by finding out uh, about out finding out about actual stories uh, and these are real this is, you know for the for the most part they're real stories it's a real history and a lot of the struggles that people had then they still exist or to be in different ways they still exist so it helps to give you some understanding as to why some uh, people might act a certain way or think a certain way because this is these are their histories so Tanya I just got one more question to ask you um and that's it is you know if these women could collect you know could get together and give the listeners just one message what do you think that might be um Gosh, one message. If collectively, because all of them would probably they would say different things, but I would say collectively is that you know, um, we uh, something about hope. I think there's mm. something in terms of um, not to. I'm just trying to. Think. That's that. That's a good. That's a good question, but it's a it's a big one. And in my yes. head, I'm thinking maybe they might want to say, look. The fact that the fact that you have tried is mm. enough. You mm. don't have to have won any big big award. Mm. You don't need to be a big name, uh, you know, on a on a poster. You don't need to have been well known in a book or anything like mm. that. The fact that you've done one small act, mm. right, and you've tried to affect change yes. for for, the, for for a positive reason, you should be celebrated. Oh, they would say. They are living through you right now because I felt that. I know, seriously, I, I did feel that because um, that is it. Often we're asked, you know, how can I be an ally? How can I be a better ally? And I think it, it is that, isn't it? It's, you know, it's not, you know, I keep saying to people, you can't undo systemic discrimination, racism. Like it's taken many, many hundreds of years to form. And it's lots of people have been a part of that system and still are. There's only so much you can do. But I think it's that, isn't it? As long as you... You tried it. It's not to say just try one little thing and then you're done. But it's, you know, the effort doesn't have to be magnificent. It's yeah. just you have to have had that real intention and taken action, no matter how small on that. I hear yeah. that. Yeah. No, definitely. Just small acts and 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 don't make it about don't make it about, oh my gosh, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to change the world. Well, oh. actually, literally just being able to get up and do one small thing mm. can change your world absolutely and if absolutely. you change your world then you might that would affect change somewhere else because it's a ripple effect but yeah sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that can become overwhelming yes um, i know that all too well myself yeah. so yeah 
Well, I won't overwhelm you anymore with any more questions. Tanya Daly Campbell at Gazebo Theatre, all the wonderful actors, all the ancestors who they are performing uh, their stories about. I just wish you loads of energy, passion, lots of bums on seats, sold out Is shows. Coming? Lots of, I'm coming. Um lots of, I know can I, can children go? That's the question I asked you. I don't know. Some of the topics are a bit like, ooh, I don't know. Yes. Um, we say from 12 upwards because if they're in secondary school, yes. they'll be, they should be learning. They should be learning about these characters. Right, then. Some of it is difficult, but yeah. then that's at your discretion as a parent. I yes. would let my 12 year old watch yes. it because right. it's important information. Right then. So bring the families. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, and once again, the, the details are in the show notes. And let us know, listeners, what you thought of the episode. Also, this is on YouTube. So if you you thought, you know, you listen to this and you have thought thoughts uh, or even questions um do comment down below wherever it is you're seeing or, or hearing this um and as always i say that you know if there's anything any topic you want us to discuss uh, or if there are more performances like this that are out there that need to be shouted out about remembering that we are about uh, creating compassionate cultures then uh let us know strawberrywords.co.uk thank you so much Bye. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.